chapter seven of the stolen singer by martha fletcher bellinger this librivox recording is in the public domain reading by matt Berard. chapter seven the rope ladder the near prospect of a conclusive struggle for life is a sharp tonic to the adventurous soul the actual final summons to that other room is met variously there is earthly dignity who answers even this last tap at the door with a fitting and quotable rejoinder there is deathbed repentance whose function in momento mortis is doubtless a comfort to pious relatives and there are chivalry and valour twin youths who go to the unknown banquet singing and bearing their garlands of joy but with the chance of a fight for life there is a sharp sweet tang that sends some spirits galloping to the contest dauntless the slughorn to his lips he set making ready for the last good run when jim descended the hatchway after reconnoitering on deck chatelard was gone the ship's cook was rummaging in a sailor's kit that he had drawn from a locker jim mentally considered the situation the seamen had no doubt exaggerated the calamity but without question there was serious trouble were the pumps working how far were they from shore if hopelessly distant from shore were they in the course of passing steamers would any one look after miss redmond's safety monsieur chatelard had said that she was not on board but james did not believe it while these thoughts knew through his mind james had been absently watching while the cook turned his treasures out upon his bunk and pawed them over with trembling hands there were innumerable little things besides a stiff white shirt a cheap shiny bible a stuffed parrot and several wads of clothes and among the mess jim caught sight of a piece of stitched canvas that looked familiar hi you there that's my money belt he cried and jumped forward to claim his own but in his movement he failed to calculate with the waves the yacht gave another of her deep sea plunges and jimmy thrown against his bunk saw the cook grab his kit and make for the ladder he regained his feet only in time to follow at arm's length up the hatchway at the top he threw himself down like a baseball runner making his base after the seaman's legs but instead of a foot he found himself clutching one of the wads of clothes that trailed after the cook's bundle he caught it firmly and kept it but the ship's cook and the rest of his booty disappeared like a rabbit into its burrow jim sat down at the top of the ladder and examined his haul it was a pair of woolen trousers and they were of generous size he spread them out on the deck round him were unmistakable signs of demoralization the second officer was ordering the men to the pumps in stern tones the yacht was pitching wildly and growing darkness was settling on the face of the turbulent waters but in spite of it all jimmy's spirit leapt forth in laughter as he thought of his brief frantic chase and its result in this capture of the characteristic vestiture of man what's money for anyway he laughed as he got up and clothed himself once more there followed hours of superhuman struggle to save the jeanne d'arc her crew sufficient in ordinary weather was too small to cope with the storm and the leaking ship ballast had to be shifted or flung overboard repairs had to be attempted in the hold the pumps had to be worked incessantly 
it transpired that the yacht had gone far out of her course during the fog the night before and had tried to turn inshore even before the leak was discovered no one knew what waters they were that lashed so furiously about the disabled craft the storm overhead had abated but the rage of the sea was unquelled before long the engine was stopped by the rising water and then the hand pumps were used there was some hope that the leak had been discovered and at least partly repaired the captain thought that if carefully managed the yacht might hold till daylight jimmy joined the gang and worked like a trojan helping wherever a man was needed shifting ballast untackling the boats handling the pump it was at the pump that he found himself some time during the night working endlessly it seemed not once had he lost sight of the real purpose of his presence on the yacht if agatha redmond were aboard the unlucky vessel and he had moments of curious perplexity about it he was there to watch for her safety he pictured her sitting somewhere in the endangered vessel she could not but be terrified at her predicament whether shipwreck or abduction threatened her she must feel that she had indeed fallen into the hands of her enemies he worked his turn at the pump then made up his mind to risk no further delay but to search the ship's cabins she was in one of them he believed frightened she must be possibly ill he had done all that the furthest stretch of duty could demand in assistance to the ship he would find agatha redmond at any cost if she were aboard the jeanne d'arc again he thought to himself that he was glad he was there whatever purpose her enemies had he alone was on her side he alone could do something to save her it was now long past midnight but not pitch dark either on deck or on the sea the electric lights had gone out long before but lanterns had been swung here and there from the deck fixtures as jimmy came up he thought the men were preparing to lower the boats but when he asked about it in his difficult french the sailor shook his head there were more people about than he supposed the yacht carried several seamen three or four other men and a fat woman sitting apathetically on a pile of rope he went from group to group and from end to end of the yacht looking for one woman's face and figure he saw monsieur chatelard examining one of the boats he ran down the saloon stairway determined to search the cabins before he gave up his quest one moment he prayed that the words of chatelard might be true and that she had never been aboard the yacht the next moment he prayed he might find her behind the next closed door as james searched below deck a house palatial disclosed itself even in the dim light of the little lanterns cabins roomy and comfortable furnishings of exquisite taste all the paraphernalia of the cultured and the rich were there some of the cabin doors were standing open and none was locked jemmy beat on them called from room to room finding nothing every human occupant was gone sick at heart he again rushed on deck was he mistaken after all or had they hidden her in some secret part of the ship where he could not find her when jimmy got back to the deck he saw that the groups had gathered on the port side sharp orders were being given he crowded to the railing straining his eyes to see and found that they were transferring the ship's company to the boats a rope ladder swung from the deck to a boat beneath 
which bobbed like a cork beside the big plunging yacht two people were in the boat a sailor standing at the bow and a large muffled figure of a woman sitting in the stern jimmy at once knew her to be the apathetic fat woman he had seen a few minutes before on deck his eyes searched the company crowded about the top of the rope ladder and suddenly his heart leapt there she was at the edge of the deck waiting for the captain to give the word for her to descend to the boat below as jimmy's eyes grew accustomed to the darkness he saw her more and more plainly a pale face framed in a dark hood a tall cloaked figure waiting calmly to obey the word from the superior officer it was a third time jimmy had seen her but he felt as if he had found one dearer than himself his eyes dwelt on her she was not terrified her nerves were not shaken i am ready she said turning to the captain it was the same fine free voice suggesting oh what did it not suggest never this dark wild night of danger jimmy thrilled to it again as he had thrilled to it once before he waved jubilant hands agatha redmond he called across the space and heads that divided them whether she heard his call he did not know at that moment the word was given and she turned an almost smiling face to the captain in reply she knelt to the deck and got footing on the slippery rope men above held it and helped as best they could while the sailor below waited to receive her into the little boat she was steady and quick as a woman in such a perilous position could be as she descended the rowboat insecurely held to the jean d'arc slid sternward a few feet and while she waited in mid-air for the boat to be brought up again the jean d'arc gave a mighty plunge the captain shouted from the deck a sailor yelled then another the dipping sea tossed the yacht so that for an instant the boat below and the woman on the ladder were hidden from jim's view he climbed over the rail and edged along the narrow margin of the deck until he was a few feet nearer the rope his heart thumping with fear of calamity and even as the thought came the thing happened the wrenching of the ropes the insecurity of their fastenings some blunder on the part of the seamen whatever it was the rope loosened like a filament of gauze and with its precious burden dropped into the angry water before a breath could be drawn the black waves churned over her head as for the second time jim saw disaster engulf the vision that had such power over him he was seized by a cold numbness oh you brutes he groaned aloud but his groan had scarcely escaped him when he heard loud altercation among the men and in a moment the nasal tones of monsieur chatelard commanding never mind quick with the boat on the other side the seamen rushed to the opposite side now impatient to make the boats in the fear that was growing momently upon the men there was no one to give a thought to the vanished woman jimmy clung to the rail for a second peering over the water with a cry of gladness he saw her pale face rise to the surface of the water several feet away and toward the bow keep up a second it's all right he shouted quick as thought he snatched a life preserver from its place on the rail and ran forward he called thrice keep up i'm coming then threw the cork swiftly and accurately to the very spot where she floated 
a second longer he watched to see if she gained it it seemed that she did and yet something was wrong she was not able to right herself immediately in the water but floundered helplessly jimmy knew that her clothes were hampering her or else that rope ladder had entangled her feet he turned and got his balance on the narrow ledge pointed his hands high above his head and took a good breath then he dove toward the floating face when he came to the surface she was there not ten strokes away he swam to her placed firm hands under her arms and steadied her while she cleared her feet from the entangling rope thank god he breathed i'll save you yet End of chapter 7